Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the six sessions. I took a little break with them over the summer months, but now we're back. Since, since starting, the six sessions have given me the opportunity to chat with some amazing people in the growth space, primarily across marketing, sales, and CX, but not always. And today's guest is all about the growth. He's played across the full spectrum of growth, marketing, sales, product, and I believe there was some app startup experience in there too. He's someone who knows how to grow in the SaaS space, has dabbled with his own tech startup, and managed to nail Rome working before it was compulsory. And you're going to learn something from him today. Or at least you'll be entertained for 30 minutes on a Friday afternoon. These chats are designed to be short and sweet, but hopefully full of insight. And it's definitely unfiltered, which is what makes it fun for me. Today's guest is a big part of the growth play at one of North America's most liked SaaS companies, Vidyard. Joining us all the way from Toronto, it's my absolute pleasure to close out this week with Terence Kwok. Terence, welcome for the second time. We had slight technical difficulties to begin with, but you know, we're back now, hopefully. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for having me, Rich. To kick off, how is 2021 for you? Less or more of a roller coaster than 2020? 2021 is definitely less of a roller coaster, at least on the pandemic front. It was nice to kind of be settled back down. I did mention this, so it's kind of funny having funny saying it again, but uh, my partner and I were expecting a kid in February. Uh, Congratulations. So I have to say 2021 was better than 2020 because that obviously is going to be a, a big milestone that we've, uh, we've kind of checked off this year. Um, so nervous, excited, but uh, ready to focus on something else that isn't, uh, isn't COVID, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so when, when, when's the due date? Pardon me? When's the due date? Uh, end of February. Yeah. Nice. So getting closer. Good. Getting closer. Yeah. It's February 23rd. We're hoping for them to, you know, come a day early. So they have a kick-ass birthday, which would be uh two Um, but we'll see if they, if they, if they figure it out and, and get their, get their stuff together to come out. Yeah. yeah. Best, best laid, laid plans. Babies don't follow them. So yeah. tell, what's, what's your main business? What does Vidyard do? <laughs> Yeah, so video is the easiest way for virtual sales teams to record and send videos to help them generate pipeline, qualify more opportunities, and close more deals. Really what that looks like is we have a free recording tool that allows you to record your webcam and your screen or both at the same time. Uh, quickly insert those videos into um, your systems of engagement like SalesLoft or Outreach or Mixmax, as well as you know platforms that you might be prospecting on like LinkedIn. Um, we've been around since... Uh, We've been around for a while now, but uh, then yeah, that's 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 it in a nutshell. I feel like I went off messaging there for product marketing, so sort of the don't, product don't marketing team. It's fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and what's your role at Vidyard? Uh, my role is uh, director of growth marketing, so I lead a team of seven focused on performance marketing, uh, user acquisition, user retention, and user monetization from a marketing perspective. Yeah, and like, what what's the makeup? Is it like what does the makeup of a growth team look like? And like, how do you, how do you work together? What do you actually do in the day to day? And like, what kind of KPIs are you guys chasing? Yeah. So our growth organization can be split up into two primary teams. We have a marketing counterpart and a product counterpart. We call this growth, the growth team as a collective whole at Vidyard on ramp. And it's called on ramp because it's where our customers typically get started with our products. It's on our freemium, our, our freemium recording tool. Uh, so OnRamp is focused on all things growth. Uh, the main uh, team is kind of split up into cross-functional squads. Uh, those squads focus on acquisition, uh, onboarding and habit building, and then monetization. So the acquisition team um, consists of a product manager, a performance marketing team, and they're thinking about things like, okay, what sort of you know PPC campaigns are we running? 
um, how are we doing Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube advertising, but as well as like refining our product loops. Um, product loop being like when someone creates a video with Vidyard and they share that video, somebody gets exposed to Vidyard and they sign up thinking about how to make that a more efficient acquisition channel, as well as building out like in-product referral programs and things like that. Um, the second squad is onboarding and habit. So really we're thinking about how do we get our users post sign up to see the value of Vidyard as quickly as possible. So thinking about both in-product onboarding as well as outside of product onboarding. So what I mean by outside of product onboarding, they're looking at what are the emails that support getting somebody from an inactive user to becoming an active user based off of product signals that um, you know, we're sending back into our email systems. And then the final team is thinking about monetization. So we've got this really beautiful bottoms up motion happening uh, here at Vidyard where clusters of users create accounts. They get started with our product. How do we take that cluster of users, get in touch with their leadership team and have them upgrade that entire account into, into enterprise plans? Um, so all the different work that goes around there, product qualified leads, um, conversion campaigns through email, through retargeting, um, and, uh, and just general marketing programs as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our growth in the organization in a nutshell. And so like that, that like almost the empowerment piece of like taking like users and then bringing them back into the, um, like the leadership or kind of the decision-making process to get that. How, how do you take or how do you help empower them because they're obviously like almost like a living breathing case study going through that process and then you're trying to present that case study in how do you kind of empower them in that conversation yeah it's still a work in progress like nail figuring this out um precisely um but there's a couple of things that we we, we try to do and these tactics that we've been we've been, we've been refining over the last uh, over the last six six to twelve months um one you empower them by just having them use the product and have a ton of value, right? Like the best way to prove to leadership at these companies that Vidyard works is having them be successful, get the responses, get the book more deals um, with our product. Um, but in the situation where they're doing that, but we're not getting connection into, into, into leadership, we actually put a lot of, we put a team called video coaches on, uh, on our, uh, on our top tier free users at target accounts. And we actually help we actually put a person in front of them. We offer them a, a coaching session, 30 to 60 minutes, one-on-one -on -one time with a video coach to help refine their process. And in there, we start planting the seeds on like, hey, here's what's available to you if you upgrade to Vidyard Enterprise. Can we get introductions? Uh, so it is like a, a mixture of like scalable tactics in product, in email, but then also like not scalable tactics where a sales sales is effectively coming and assisting assisting that transition from adoption to, to actual sales conversations. So we believe pretty heavily in this combination of like product and marketing, doing things at scale sales still absolutely needs to be involved in a product led organization like ours. Um, and they're, they play an integral piece in, 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 in driving this bottoms up motion. Yeah. How did, how did you get into growth? You're, you're a trained accountant. How yeah. did that work? I don't know. You know what? I was talking to one of our interns the other day and uh, Bacha and he, he put it really beautifully. He's like, it seems like your career was just a series of you asking the question, like, why not? Um, I went to school for accounting. I sucked at it. It was just not something that I was gonna, ever going to be good at. Um, but I did pursue it long uh, for, for quite a while. I was like two years out of school working in one of the accounting firms. Um, my path to growth was kind of a, a messy one. 
when I was leaving accounting, a friend of mine told me that I should give sales a try. They thought I would be good at it. They're wrong. I'm not good at sales at all. That is not a strength of mine. But I joined Vidyard in an entry-level sales development role, uh, moved into like a manager of sales development role for, for a couple of years, helping build that team. Um, and then I think I took my first step towards growth by shifting from manager of sales development into a product manager role. Um, and then as a product manager, I just got really excited about the freemium product we were building. We we're working on um, what Vidyard for sales and, uh, and kind of over time sort of gradually shifted to more of an acquisition focused position. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how it happened. Like our uh, Marcy, my, my, uh, my, my boss just asked if I was, I was interested in looking at this part of her business and, like Bowshaw said so elegantly, I just kind of said, "Why not? Let's give it a shot." Um, and ended up in ended up in growth. Yeah, it's not really. Uh, it wasn't really calculated. It wasn't a calculated move. It was largely by accident. So I, I have this theory that there's only maybe one in ten marketers ever actually intended to be a marketer. Most of the people I know, and some of the best people I know in the growth space, absolutely fell into it. Like, and that includes sales, marketing, CX, everything. So I don't think anybody plans to be where we are. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so for you, what's the most important growth play for companies at the moment? And you're not allowed to just say video for sales because that's a cop-out. Yeah, it is a cop-out. This is, this is going to sound super cliche, um, but it really comes down to understand, like being the best growth play is having a true, true deep understanding of your customer and your user, right? Because... If you don't understand that, it doesn't matter what data you're looking at. It doesn't matter uh, what tactics you're following online. If you don't understand what, why customers use your products or why they would consider using your products or what they think when they, when they first start using your products, like it's all, it's all for nothing. Right. Like I'll give you a good example. Like we, we can build a funnel within, within, within VDR product adoption. And we might see that there's points of friction throughout, throughout this funnel. We're seeing a drop-off rate between sign up to like recording a video from recording a video to getting a view on that video. Right. Um, that's great. And then we can go say like, let's go refine the recording process because we're seeing a drop-off rate. But if we haven't talked to a customer to understand why they're not, why they're not recording, there's, it's basically just, you know, throwing darts at a board at that point. Um, so I think a lot of people in growth, they start to neglect this because a lot of growth can come down to just like looking at numbers, looking at data, digging in. Um, the best play to me is just is listening to lots of gong and chorus calls, reaching out to people and being like, tell me what you're feeling when you sign up for Vidyard. What is preventing you from getting a video recorded, right? What is preventing you from using this week to week? And until you truly understand that and get to the root friction points, the root, um, the root problems, there's basically anything you're doing is pointless. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a cliche answer because everyone's like, be customer obsessed, but truly the best growth play, in my opinion, is being customer obsessed. So how, the, the thing I find, and I totally agree with you, but the, the thing I find fascinating about that stuff is that you're, you're talking a lot about almost qualitative data. So as you're going through, and I mean, it is like the softer side, it is um, often subjective as well. So how do you make sure... A, you're capturing the essence of what that is because you're talking about a lot of conversations, a lot of different customers and their feedback. But then how are you also making sure that you're not solving for the individual when you go through that process as well? So you're not being linked towards one person's perspective or like a small group's perspective. Yeah, and I think that's, it's, it's tricky, right? Like the starting point 
oftentimes for Vidyard and where we're doing, like when we're trying to solve growth problems at Vidyard is starting from quant, right? So we look at the data first, we see what are these uh, macro trends happening along our uh, website to sign up to, to, to adoption, to conversion, where are things breaking down? That's like our diving off point. We see an issue that's happening to a large percentage of our users. We're stack ranking that against every other issue that we possibly been working on. And then we dive in from there. Um, so I think like a lot of the not solving for the, we, when we start talking to users about specific problems, we already have a pretty good feeling that this is a problem that's impacting everybody. Um, and from there, I think the conversations we have with the user feel as long as we're having enough of them with, within that specific problem space, like you can start to see all the trends. Our team does a good job of sharing user research as well, because like for one person to go and talk to hundred customers would take forever. Um, one of our product members has like uh, spearheaded a, uh, like a user research channel on Slack and every single customer touch point that happens gets dumped into that channel with every single finding and, you know, using a variety of tools like product board and things like that, we're able to pull, take connections from all these pieces of feedback they're hearing, connect them all together and see what the larger themes are. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really being aware that you don't want to solve for the one, making sure that everybody who's involved in user research is actively sharing their findings from that user research and then using tools to, 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 you know, track the themes and track the trends, you know? So you've actually segued quite beautifully into my next question. How do you think the wider business can support growth in a tech or SaaS business or product business? Yeah, everybody. So kind of back to like knowing your customer um, one, any sort of customer touch point, any sort of customer feedback absolutely needs to be logged and shared. It doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be actioned right away, um, but it's critical, critical, critical that if you're on the sales side of the business and you are having, you're, you're seeing some level of friction on closing a deal, that that gets logged and put into, in, put into product board or put into our, our tracking systems, right? Um, that, that, that is probably one of the biggest things. But the, the other thing is like, you know, we're pretty data out when, you, when it comes to growth. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of growth will come from completely untrackable channels, right? Word of mouth, uh, uh, person to person recommendations, things like that. And how do you drive all of that? It's by just delivering amazing customer experiences. So I think the easiest way to do uh, that other teams like support, customer success, sales can get involved in, in growth initiatives is to just deliver amazing customer and user experiences, right? Every touch point, if you have a great experience with a support rep, that will lead to like a recommendation on, you know, uh, a review site that will lead to that person talking to their colleague about the experience they had with Vidyard and having them drive, you know, having that user drive other users to our business. Right. It's like every marketer has this problem. You look at all your channels and you have direct and organic and they're the biggest and they're the most important, but no one really knows how other than like, you know, there's a lot of organic search is going to be branded search. Like nobody knows how people are like just materializing your website. It's through those experiences. And, 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 and you know, I, I think that's probably the, the easiest way. At Vidyard, we have this like saying win with experience. And I think it still rings, rings true. It's every, every touch point with the user needs to be an amazing experience. And that will, that will pay off in the long run. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm definitely stealing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who do you, who do you follow in the growth space? Like who do you, or not, not follow, but who do you, who do you watch? Who do you like learn from who in the, like the wider growth space that you then kind of bring elements back into what you do? Yeah. I'm going to sound like a bit of an a-hole here, but 
<laughs> I'm like very uh, articled out and thought leadered out a little bit, which is kind of funny because I'm on this call speaking in like, I'm trying not to speak in absolutes here that people are like, oh, you know, I just like, I try to keep a lot of balance in my life right now. So I actually don't do a ton of, um, I don't do a ton of learning on the side anymore. If I'm being completely honest, like I, I look at the problems that we have as a business and I try to understand those problems as best as I possibly can. And then I work with the people inside the business to solve those problems and um, have invested less and less time in like the, the following of growth leaders. Yeah. But if I had to name people where, you know, the blogs that I'm most interested in or the things that do come up that like, give me pause and like get me to uh, dig in a bit deeper, um, the team at Reforge, everything that they put out has been quite phenomenal when it comes to growth. Um, Andrew Chen, who uh, led growth at Uber, I follow his stuff when you know hits my inbox and scan the articles that he's putting out. I think those two are probably the ones that I've uh, I follow the most right now. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely kind of a bad marketer in that sense that I'm not I'm not consuming a ton of content because I just need I need a little bit of separation, you know. <laughs> So Moody Abdul just said in the comments that he thought for sure you were going to say Gary V. Gary V. <laughs> I, I I honestly can't say I've seen anything Gary V has ever said. Like I've seen anything Gary V related, other than like people on like TikTok and stuff sharing uh, sharing uh, Gary V videos. But uh, I, I wouldn't even tell you what. Like what does Gary V even talk about? It's just it's just entrepreneurship. Like it's yeah, quick. And he was very much the kind of. Uh, uh, a proponent of the hustle culture, which I think ah, is pretty yes. much why half of the entrepreneurial community burnt out at some point. You know, <laughs> like I think, um, but it's very much around like the entrepreneur, sp entrepreneur space. But I'm, I, like, I'm with you. Like I, I used to lap up every bit of content I could find anywhere across the internet, particularly as I was like learning and experimenting. And, and now I can't remember the last time I read a blog for a, like um, work purposes and yeah. it's very well um, take on kind of uh, video content as well for those that purpose and I think part of that now is where I am within my career I'm surrounded by team members where I value their opinion I, their mm. experience and opinion and it's almost like there's enough enough kind of brain share happening without having to go to that like yes more external sources is great but i'm not the only one who needs to find them now and that's great but also we work with like great partners so like the hubspots the vidyards the drifts all of you guys yeah. are feeding more stuff into us and my exposure is coming almost in that kind of like shoulder to shoulder um networking type environment rather than the blogging piece and yeah. like frankly i just don't have time to read blogs anymore yeah um, i i I hear you. Like if I'm going to spend time reading after work, it's probably going to be fiction or something yeah. like completely un unrelated because I need that, that, that time to like unwind and just like turn yeah. my brain off a little bit. But you're absolutely right. Like your point about partners is so true. Like Moody's on this call right here from, uh, or on the stream from LinkedIn and his team has been a huge asset to us in terms of our learning about how to tap into the LinkedIn network and, and advertise more effectively there. Like that, you know, it's not a blog article. It's not a, not a thought leader in the space. It's just, it's a, it's a great partner that, that helps us understand our business, what we're doing, what's working, what's not, we're not working. And then takes the level of expertise and helps us, you know, crack, crack the nugget a little bit. So, so the next but, question is my absolute favorite. What's your biggest career balls up so far? The one that you've learned the most from. Man, I go balls up all the time. I have a lot of screw ups. Does, does balls up? Uh, translate across across the uh, Atlantic? Not not quite, but I think it's uh, I think I get the gist of it. And if I do, if I answer this incorrectly, then clearly I've missed the mark. <laughs> uh, 
I think the biggest thing that I screwed up, especially really early that I continue to take with me today is like not really having a strong grasp on sunk cost fallacy. So we, we talked a bit about this. Like I was an accountant for a little bit. Um, I started university age of 17, first semester. And I was like, Oh God, this is not, this is not for me. Right. And I, I knew right away that I made a, a horrible mistake in terms of, in terms of ch choosing a career path. Um, and, you know, looking back, you're 17, you can make any change at that point and like, you're not locked in. But for me, I, I thought, well, I've already invested a semester. Why not invest seven years of my life in it? Right. Not understanding that like the cost of spending seven years doing something I don't love, you know, is, is, is probably not a great way to spend, spend my time. There's a lot of reasons why I'm happy I did it. Like a lot of great friends out of that program and a lot of great friends. And I think it did give me a pretty solid foundation when it comes to business. But uh, just not understanding sunk cost fallacy, not understanding that I could have pulled the plug at any time. And instead, I like went through it all, five to six years of school, a year of writing exams, um, and then up until like you know, 30 months of work experience to get to this point that I, I really didn't care about at all like as you know, on a personal level. Um, I do look back and I'm like, what could I have? Where could I be if I invested that time in areas that I, I truly want to do? But on, this, on the flip side, right, like, I probably wouldn't have found Vidyard and found what we're doing and, and, and built a career here had it not been for me spending all that time doing something that I didn't like. So there's definitely positives there. Um, well, it's always the mistakes yeah. that ultimately get us to where we were going. Yeah, I like, think so. You would have found that. Like, I wouldn't be, if I didn't have some of the fuck ups in my career, I probably yeah. wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And now, like, I might, like I'm, you know, it, it's a, if I, if I get in a role or a job that I just don't like, and I don't want to do it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue investing time in it just because I feel like I have to, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've definitely taken that. And then even on the day-to-day -day level, if we've got a project that we've invested in, but it's going sideways or we realize halfway through, it is just not the right direction to be taking the team or the, the, the business, like pull the plug. Like it's caught, it's more expensive to continue moving forward without, um, you know, without, uh, uh, than, than it is to like, you know, say, oh, well, we wasted a couple of months. That's okay. And we'll move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. That's actually, I mean, it's funny cause it's quite a progressive way to look at, um, kind of growth plays, for example, because like typically, particularly like in the corporate level, once they've committed to a path, they're going to see it through. And quite <laughs> often the writing's on the wall, as soon as the campaign starts, like screw it. Yeah. You, you've got that big brand campaign that you spent hundred K on or whatever to like build out a video and it's yeah. not performing on, on YouTube. Like, it is irrational to continue spending money and pouring it into getting the views and the eyeballs on it. Right. Like just pull the plug shift sunk cost, you know, and you're on to the next one. Right. Learn from whatever, whatever you learned from that, like two, three weeks I was in market you can then apply to the, apply to the next, uh, the next campaign. Totally. So you're, you're a Vidyard now. You yeah. started there way back in 2015 ish. Um, yeah. but you had a bit of a hiatus, um, a couple of years re and rejoined recently ish. Um, I say recently ish because like I lose track of like what happened pre and post and during pandemic now. Um, and it's, but it's not often that you see people returning to SaaS companies, not because they're bad places, but they typically have moved on to other things. So what was it that drew you back to Vidyard? Yeah. So I think like starting with why, why I initially left, like I definitely hit a class. When we first met, you were in London, weren't you? You were, you were Vidyard London. I was at Vidyard. Yeah. When we met, yeah. when we met at Huckletree and you're doing that yep. session, I was still at Vidyard then. That was rounding up to my fifth year at Vidyard. And I think I hit a classic millennial panic moment 
where I was like, I've been at the same company for five years, right? The people I know and the people that I went to school with have like switched jobs like three times in five years. And they've like experienced all these things. And I was thinking to myself, all I know is Vidyard, 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 right? To, to be honest, it like consumed my life in a positive way. It consumed my life. I threw myself into it. But then I was like, I need to see something else. Like five years at a job, like that that's crazy. And I think about like my grandpa or my, like my, you know, my dad, they like could spend 30, 40 years at a job, but millennial, millennial problems, right? Um, so I kind of panicked and I was like, I need to make a change. I need to see something else. And I think it made sense at the time because I was unsure like what else was out there. So that's kind of what pushed me to leave. But the problem is once I left every day, I was just constantly thinking about all the things we could be doing at Vidyard, like the opportunity, the market, the the customers, the users, like there just seemed like there's so much unrealized potential. And I felt like there was just, just a ton of unfinished, unfinished business. Right. So um, after spending a, a few months away, I started doing a little bit more contracting work, kind of slowly working my way back into the fold. And uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, you know, they asked if I'd be interested in, in coming back. And I said, absolutely. Like, I, I love this company. I love what we do. I've been waiting for you to ask. Yeah. And like, I, I, I can't stop thinking about every little, like, there's a joke amongst ex-Vidyard employees that, like, if you go, if you meet up with anybody from Vidyard that no longer works at Vidyard, all we talk about is Vidyard all day long. Everyone's just so bought into what we're doing. And for one reason or another, they decide to leave. And that's totally fine from a career perspective. Um, but people love what we do and they lo- and, and, and people who work here love what we do. And like, we, we still obsess over it, obsess over it. So um, that's ultimately what pulled me back. I just felt like there was a lot more work that could be done. And you just decided you look good in the, the, the highlighter green. Yeah. I decided. Yeah. Yeah. So I've joined the long list of boomerangs. We've had a ton. I think you posted recently at six and flow, which is somebody, somebody most, most recently came back to, to six and flow after yeah. a, a minor hiatus, right? Like that, okay. that must be hugely, hugely rewarding as a leader to see people wanting to come back. Do you know what? Like, Sophie was only with us uh, for a brief, brief period of time, and then she went off traveling, and then she's come back and kind of reworked in her career, like in different areas, and then come back into a different role. And it's it's nice to see that people's experience was um, good enough that they've then decided that actually this is the place they want to be. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's a good feeling actually. Yeah, I could only imagine. It's it's uh, we've we've had a bunch of a bunch of uh, boomerangs over the last uh, last couple of years, and no one's come back for a third time yet. So maybe, maybe I'll have to leave at one point and then, and then do the, 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 the second boomerang back and just be the first to do that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's is, is that, is that an exclusive you're planning on leaving and coming back again then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's watching the stream? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no fines to leave. <laughs> so what excites you most about marketing and growth at the moment? I was thinking about this and I think the lines between marketing growth and product are becoming increasingly blurred. Like I, you know, I just talked about our, our team structure. There's an app, uh, there's an aspect of brand, there's an aspect of acquisition, and then there's an aspect of like onboarding adoption and, and all of the great things about that, that you get to work with on the product side. I just love how, how interconnected these disciplines are now becoming. They're, very data heavy. They're very customer heavy. You get to work on things like copywriting and, and, and ads, but then you also get to work on things like understanding why users aren't adopting a product. And if you, if you look at the time I spent at Vidyard, it's been very like trying different things over the last five, six years. I'm somebody who likes to, you know, like back to the earlier theme, like why not like give something else a shot. So for me, growth is, is such, such a perfect intersection of, of so many different disciplines um, that, that, that gets me most excited. Like, I think if anybody's looking for a job that 
is um, they get a they get a touch on a bunch of departments and touch on a bunch of different parts of the funnel. Like it's such a great place to be, um, and I, I I'm looking forward to seeing the the industry continue moving in this direction where you kind of have to be a jack of all trades and do a little bit of everything. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing that I've always loved about being agency side. So agency yeah. side, like even if you're just in a straight up marketing role, agency side, you you're working with so many different clients and typically in so many different channels that the job is never the same day to day. And right. I think when you're working in the growth space as well, it's exactly the same because there's elements of, of sales, CX, um, marketing, all of that gets rolled into one. And then you can start to look at the overall kind of like wider picture. And that's the bit that I like about growth and agency is that we get to start looking outside of those traditionally siloed chunks. So it just makes it more interesting. Yeah. I was going to say like, I feel like it's the perfect job for like, I'm not talking about leaving, but like, it, like agency would, and you have so many different clients to get to work with and so many different problems and every problem is probably quite unique. And like your ability to like tie learnings from client A and bring them over to client D, like yeah. I'd imagine that's, that, that's a whole lot of fun. Well, it is, but it's exactly the same as, so you sit within a growth team where you're saying, okay, we've learned this from this part of the business. Okay. Now we can bring that in because you're, yes, you are client side, but also you're in a, a SaaS business with multiple different types of clients. So all of those start, things start to come together where you get learnings and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what, what are your plans for 2022? So like personally and for Vidyard as a whole? Personally, figure out how to be a dad and not yeah, screw it up. Exactly. We'll see. That's going to be a big milestone next year. Yeah, that's probably going to take up a ton of my time figuring that figuring that one out. Um, so if anyone has any unsolicited uh, parenting advice, please toss it my way in the, in the DMs. Um, I think professionally, we've we've built out a really great team here at Vidyard. I was just talking to. Uh, we have a Friday meeting with the growth marketing team, and I'm just super excited. A lot of them have started within the last two to five months and I can feel us like hitting a rhythm and I'm incredibly excited just to continue digging in with these uh, seven or eight individuals and, and figuring things out over the next year and just like just execute and, and, and grow this thing for Vidyard. Um, a lot of stuff, like people got to follow along, a lot of product changes, a lot of product updates coming down the pipeline that I'm incredibly enthusiastic about. Uh, we'll be investing in, a lot more on the the brand side of things that I'm I've had no exposure to in the past. Very, you know, tactic focus and not these like big picture like how do we how do we tell the world what VJR is and why they should care. I think that I'm really excited to see and be partially involved with at least from a from a growth angle. Um, but yeah, I think that would be those would be the three things. What what about you? What are you most excited for? So we're like the thing that I think where agencies can give the most value to customers now is or clients is much more around like the the thinking space so like the the strategy the implementation training so like i think as an agency we'll start to focus quite heavily on the um empowerment piece so teaching teaching people what to do how to do it and giving them the tools to do it because i think agencies will move more and more away from the the general kind of like writing blogs, writing social yeah. things like there's loads of bots and shit like that that are already pretty good at it. So I think what we won't be moving away from like marketing delivery, but it will become more of a premium service and it'll be much more centered around the the strategy, the creativity, the directional stuff rather than right. the hands-on tools type thing. And I think that's, for me, that's where I'd like to focus um, in 2022 because I think it, it, it makes more sense given given the state of the technology that is coming out and that is already kind of easily accessible and given the needs of the clients. 
Got it. That's 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 super exciting. And it seems like that model has been working really well for you and the team. A lot of growth uh, in you know six and four yeah. everywhere. So you, you guys are doing wild, something right. That's for sure. Wild couple of years. Yeah. 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 Um, last last question. Big yeah. top line question. So always the easiest to answer. What do you think is next in growth in general? Where should people be focusing their efforts? Oh. <laughs> if I knew this, it'd be great. I'd be able to probably crush my number. Right. Nobody's, nobody's going to hold you. This comes with a caveat that Terrence could be entirely wrong. I am likely entirely wrong. Um, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna say, maybe it's not the big top line thing, but if I would like impart the audience, if you're in growth, one thing you should like ramp up on and figure out is all things data. Like I talked a lot about being customer obsessed earlier, and that's incredibly important. Um, I think the data requirements as a marketer and as a growth practitioner is becoming increasingly more important. And if you are unable to work within your own data set and, and to derive insights uh, from that data set, you know, without requiring other people to get involved, like you're, you're going to slow down. Like you're, you're not going to be able to move fast enough. The person that is able to do that themselves and be self-sufficient is going to continue to move a lot, move a lot faster. Um, so growth people, marketing people, I'd say, you know, start figuring it out, learn, learn, learn the, the, the BI tools, learn SQL, learn, become an Excel wizard. I think if you invest any time, uh, in one in one skill, that one's going to become increasingly more important. Yeah, well, I think of all of all the years, all the like end of year roundups of like what's next and shit like that. Data is the one that has been persistent for the longest time. So like, yeah. learn how to use data and all the different guises. Yeah, Terrence, thanks for being up for doing the six sessions with me. Sorry about the technical difficulties at the beginning, but we'll make sure this is shared out um, after the event as well. Um, if anybody wants to follow up with you, how do you want people to connect? Uh, yeah, shoot me a DM on LinkedIn. Let me know you, you, uh, you saw the session and, uh, happy to, happy to chat over there. And any parting wisdom you want to share with anybody on a Friday afternoon or morning? We're all making it up. We're all making it up. I don't know what, I think my LinkedIn profile says, I don't know what I'm doing and it's true. It's, it's the truth. I have no clue what I'm doing. And if you're feeling that way, everyone else is feeling that way. I, maybe I maybe not six perfect. and four though. You guys know what you're doing. <laughs> perfect way to round out the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Terrence. All right. Good to see you. See ya.